is our first foray into releasing a podcast, and we're happy you're here with us in our early beta tests. As such, things may be a little rough at first as we iron out audio, video, and studio setup issues. Hang in there while we get our bearings, so we can bring you much higher quality future episodes. Welcome to the Geek Bits Podcast with your hosts, Mike, David, and Craig. Well, welcome to uh, episode two. Yeah, we'll wave over there to the people that are watching on video. Welcome to episode two of the still as yet unnamed <laughs> podcast. And hopefully maybe by the time this actually gets posted, it'll have a name. Um, and also for those of you who are watching, yes, it's very uh, laid, you know, just kind of uh, parts of pieces laying around the room to keep trying to, for, we're just trying to uh, have some sound deadening in the room. So we laid some ceiling tiles and some carpet tiles and stuff around and, um, it works, all not very pretty, but eventually we'll have a real, real studio. We can, uh, we can shoot this in. Um, it'll still be this room. We'll just do it right. <clears throat> so today's episode is going to be about uh, what it was like growing up in the uh, late '70s and early '80s um, as a child that was a very computer literate, um, unlike most of the population, and what it was like growing up, like being like, for example, smarter than your teacher when it came to uh, computers and electronics and things like that. You know, like most of us have the old joke of where we talked about, you know, hey, uh, we had to program the VCR for our parents because they didn't know how, but, you know, this is like the next phase of that for, for the nerds. And this is when being a nerd or a geek was actually not cool in any way, and you're actually made fun of. And so um, that's what today's podcast is all about. And uh, I think, David, you wanted to kind of maybe uh, lead off with a, with a thought. Yeah, so, you know, when I think back of, of my time in elementary school, I did not know a single other student in school that had a computer besides me. And... <clears throat> When I got to junior high, you know, we're talking seventh, eighth grade, I think I knew like four people in the entire school that had computers. And we all knew who each other were, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. they, it, I don't know how we found each other, but somehow just through general conversation, we, we you know, figured it out. Um, and then even by high school, I think that um, there probably, you know, I don't know how many was in my graduating class, several hundred. I think there probably weren't more than like maybe 30 people in high school that had computers at home. And even the people that had them at this point didn't necessarily know a lot about them. Uh, because by this point, we were talking about early like, you know, PC clones like Compaqs, ASTs, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Uh, you know, so they weren't necessarily experts in them and it weren't necessarily even a hobby. It was just like their family had a computer. So... Yeah, through that time, I saw, you know, pretty much going from, like, the only person that had a computer to a few people and then maybe a few more. Um, but I, I was kind of curious what your, your experience would be with that. Yeah, pretty similar. Like, I, you know, you guys were the first ones I think I knew that had computers in their home. So you guys had the VIC-20 and the little cassette drive mm -hmm. and all that. And um, I had used computers in school, um, you know, the venerated Commodore PET. Um, but that was really it. Um, and I don't, you know, the Atari 2600 was floating around. So people had some, you know, primitive early game consoles. But that's, you know, nobody had computers. Nobody knew anything about them at that time. Um, and it wasn't probably not until <clears throat> middle school I started, middle school, early high school, I started knowing a few other people that actually had computers or did anything with them. So I think... Um, like, from my perspective of all of our really close-knit friends, um, I think you were my only friend that had a computer, period. Um, I, I mean, for a long time, I think that was the yeah, case. Like, I mean, you like, guys like were none it. of our other really close friends had even had a computer. So we, we had obviously had uh, different interests, you know, right? right. But, 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 yeah, it was mostly you and I. Um, I think you, you shared kind of a similar experience, David. Yeah. Um, when we lived there in Mansfield, there was one other kid down the street, and I can't remember his name. He had an Atari 800. An Atari 800, yeah. And I, I don't think I went in there and saw it more than once. Mm. Um, so yeah. there was a kid named Steven that lived down the street from us. Uh, do you remember him? Did you know? He was a little bit of a bully. 
Um, but he had a TI-99 4A. Oh, okay. I remember, um, I remember him. So did you just happen to trigger my memory that I... <laughs> that he was another person that well, had a Well, that's what was wrong with him because he had that... Yeah, he had yeah. a TI-99. <laughs> he was obviously pure evil. Like, no yeah, yeah, sorry. Apologies to all the TI fans out there, but you're the devil. So. <laughs> Yeah, um, there was actually one kid in junior high that had an Apple II that didn't like me. He was actually kind of a bully of mine, and he would often taunt me about my Commodore 64, how inferior <laughs> it was to his Apple. And so he wasn't exactly a friend. Um, <laughs> but uh, Somebody you knew. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, so we were going to talk about um, a number of stories uh, related to that. I don't know who wants to kick off with... Uh, <laughs> with the first uh, first story on that, um, I'll, I'll start with a small story and just say that, uh, you know, in my junior high, uh, well, Craig mentioned the Commodore Pet uh, in elementary school, and we did have pets at, at, at my elementary yeah. school as well. Uh, but I don't. The Pet think... was the first computer I think I ever touched, and it was because of the one. Same here. Elementary school. Yeah. yeah. But we did not go into the computer lab more than about once a year. I mean, I think I, I like, you know, Third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, I think once a year, I would go into the computer lab. Like, it was not something we did often. And I think we went in there and we played, like, hangman with yeah, our vocabulary yeah. words or something like that. And I was the only one in there that even um, – well, actually, you know, I think at the time, uh, again, I was in elementary school. I think I had this perception that maybe everybody knew about computers. But I, I kind of started to realize that, hey, I was the only one here that, that knew how, like – to, to operate this, of course, the teacher didn't want us pushing run stop because if we pushed run stop, it would break the, the, the basic right. program and you could list it. And nobody else even thought to do that, but I did. And they're like, don't do that here. <laughs> you know, and they'd start that up, up again or whatever. And they, they thought I'd hit it by accident, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I had but, a very different experience with that, with that early elementary experience with the Commodore Pet because, <clears throat> well, first – they were going to take us in and do math, which I didn't realize. We we're going to we're going to do computer lab, and I was like, cool. And I was picturing kind of like war games, a panel of <laughs> LEDs, and we would push the LEDs or something like that's as a kid what I thought a computer was. And I was a little disappointed when I saw these little green screen things, and we were doing math problems. But um, I guess my mom enrolled me in an after school computer class on the Commodore Pet, and we were doing basic. We were doing Commodore basic. Oh, so wow. okay. can't run stop. Try the different keys. Try the different commands. Load stuff off a disk. So I fell in love with programming in like fourth or fifth grade, I think. I just learned something about Craig that I didn't yeah, know I after didn't know um, these many, many decades. <laughs> Fantastic. So I was very fortunate that it was a school okay. that they were just pretty progressive, like to give you that exposure. <laughs> yeah. Was that uh, what's what school was that? Do you remember? That was Jailborn Elementary. Jailborn in Mansfield. I think got, yeah. yeah, got bulldozed, and I think they rebuilt it in a different location mm -hmm. or different, uh, just yeah. a different building. I don't Dave, know. David and I went <clears throat> to a little uh, school called Tarverinden, which was kind of way out towards Burleson, and uh, but the computer lab, I think it was like. Seems to me like it was part of the library or something. Yeah. I'm trying to remember exactly. Uh, so it's just like shoved it off in a corner. I, I remember a circular table with multiple pets around the table, yeah. and then a, a <clears throat> one like disk drive that they were all connected to. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was U shaped, like Perhaps. off the wall, something like that. But yeah, it was. It was. It was definitely like it potted out somehow. Yeah. And uh, and it had like a like a, a shared disk drive and a shared printer, which was I think pretty common for for pets back then. Um, so. Should we, like, part of what I want to kind of get to today is is what it was like, like, and I, I, I'm kind of choosing my words carefully, but I, I guess I'm not going to because I don't want to sound arrogant, right? But there's this whole, we in many cases knew more than the teachers actually knew because we were nerdy little kids and we were reading all the manuals and everything. It was something we were really interested in. And, uh, and so that actually wound up, causing me some grief several times, <laughs> sometimes for no fault of my own and sometimes very self-inflicted. You know, part of the grief was I would always go ahead of the, like whatever the lesson plan for that day was in computer class, I was usually done with it in five minutes. And I made straight A's the entire year mm -hmm. all the way through in that class. And, and I didn't have to work near as hard as the other kids because I'd already kind of done the work at home, you know, kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and I just kind of want to talk about some of those experiences, because that was very much not the norm, right? Yeah. Very much not the norm. 
So it would almost be like a, a, a kid coming in like who had a dad as a veterinarian and taking veterinarian class or something and already knowing how to operate, and, yeah. and the teacher is trying to teach you the basics, you know? Yeah. So. Well, so, even... Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to start off with one of them. I've got like three stories I want to tell. But Yeah, go uh, ahead. Tell one. Yeah. That, that, I'm sure that'll spark so, tons of conversation. <laughs> um, we, did have, we did take, uh, in junior high, we had a, a, an Apple II uh, lab where we learned, uh, it was, it was, it was uh, for learning basic, and it was a whole semester. It was called computer, uh, what do they call that? Computer literacy. That's yeah, what they computer literacy. It. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, I'd never really used an Apple up to that point, having grown up with Commodores. And actually, I wasn't very impressed with the Apples at the time, actually, because, uh, well, they just they had a lot of old Apple IIs with green screen monitors in there. And, um, and beeper speakers. And beeper speakers. <laughs> if, it, and if it makes you feel better, Apple probably isn't a company that's really around anymore. They probably died years ago. Yeah. I haven't really heard much yeah, about them. Me either. You yeah. know. <laughs> but anyway, so the thing is, I wasn't terribly impressed with those computers, but I also didn't realize at the time that those computers, that's an architecture that came out in the 70s where my Commodore was a product of the 80s. And so I, I didn't really, um, you know, look at it from a, a fair objective standpoint on that because I just, I just didn't have the knowledge at the time. But anyway, uh, BASIC was fairly similar to Commodore BASIC, although I found the interface irritating because you couldn't, like, you know, cursor up and edit lines and stuff like right. that like you yeah. could. Uh, but... Um, but like you said, I totally aced that class. I didn't even need to read the book. Uh, it, the book was like, in fact, the, the, the book that we had, my knowledge was a, an order of magnitude higher than what was in our actual mm -hmm. you know, in the curriculum. The curriculum, yeah. 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 <clears throat> and so there was literally nothing for me to learn there. And I'm glad that the computer literacy teacher we had at the time, and I don't remember his name, but he recognized that in me right away because I would often use functions and things that hadn't been taught yet. I didn't do it on purpose. It was just... You yeah, know, because I, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, you you're like they want you to use a certain set of commands for this for this specific piece of the class, and you already are like, you know, yeah. way ahead of that, and and it's hard not to use those. Yeah, and so he, you know, he would look at my program at the end of the day, and he's like, well, where did you learn this? And I'd be like, oh, I have a computer at home. I've been programming for years. <laughs> so he actually yeah. encouraged me, and he gave me, you know, additional, uh, you know, work to, challenges and stuff to do. Um, and I would, like Mike said, I would finish my work in like five minutes and then I would just play around with Apple II basic. I finally, I finally figured out how to get into high res graphics mode. And I started drawing, writing little programs to do like kaleidoscopes and stuff like that. And everybody in the class was amazed when they saw it's, it. You know, it's funny you mentioned the, that cause I, I had the same class computer literacy on the Apple II and one of our projects, like the big project for our grade was to draw something on the screen, right? Just draw an image yeah. using low res graphics. Right. That we had the same. Yeah. yeah, and so I drew a dragon, but then I was like, I can animate this. <laughs> and so, because everything was just dots and lines, mm -hmm. like you'd plop a pixel, or you could say, start here, end here, I'm gesturing in the air as if people on a podcast can see me, but <laughs> point on the left, point on the right, and it would the, the program would draw a line between, there'd be a function to do that. Well, I figured out you could make the lines disappear by drawing black over them, and then put other you know, colored line. So I made the dragon breathe flame and the whole class was like, whoa, like, <laughs> so it was just a tiny bit of animation. Mm -hmm. It was just like, you know, it's that same sort of thing. You love tinkering with it. You had a computer at home. Yeah. And so you figured out shit that other people didn't. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really interesting because I had a very, very different, different experience from that. My uh, computer literacy teacher was, it was a woman. So it was obviously not the same person that you guys had. Uh, but she was very, very frustrated with the fact that I already knew that stuff and I like I think she begrudgingly like let me kind of do my own things but I really think she would she wished that I would just follow the lesson plan exactly as it was written and don't very you know don't don't veer too far away from it and I, that was my experience was she was kind of like holding me back purposefully mm -hmm. I, because I was an irritant to her. I only had one experience like that like I, my teacher in middle school where I did that project she was cool with everything you know like she was encouraging and everything um, but I used to sneak in in sixth grade, which was before I had that class, I would sneak in early in the morning to the computer lab and there would usually be nobody there. And I'd start tinkering with them. And then a class started coming in and I was just in the corner doing my own thing while she's doing like an early morning class. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember, maybe I was just playing games or I was programming in basic. But eventually she looked over at me and she's like, are you in this class? I'm like, uh, no, I just like computers. And she's like, get out. <laughs> that was my only, like, 
discouraging thing. Yeah. yeah. I was like, darn it. And I never got to go back in there and tinker with the Apple IIs again until um, middle school. Wow. I didn't know that. Wow. Cool. So, uh, yeah, so my junior high computer literacy teacher, uh, like I said, he was very um, – very very good. He he recognized that I had knowledge and he encouraged it and so forth. Things changed a bit when I got to high school, though. Uh, first of all, I wanted to take some computer classes in high school, but the uh, high school counselor would not allow me to sign up to computer classes because they said I'm required to take typing classes first. And I told them, says, well, I can already type. I can prove it to you. And they wouldn't allow me. No, if you didn't if you didn't learn it from us, you probably don't know how to do it right. And you have to know how to type in order to take computer language classes. Not true. I have programmers that work for me to this day that are hunting peckers. Like they just, <laughs> but yeah. they somehow get around. Like they don't type yeah. the right way. Anyway, but. it was really, it was just an excuse because that's what the rules were and they were just trying to figure out right. how to justify them. Because they couldn't imagine that any student would possibly come in knowing how to type. Well, there's a funny story about that. So um, I didn't get to take any computer classes, but in high school we did have computer lab, it was, a, it was a writing lab. They had a bunch of Macintoshes set up. There were Mac Pluses and Mac SEs. And uh, we used uh, Apple Write, I think is what it was called. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, they're just like, um, you know, we had to, we had to, we had to do our, 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 like, book reports and stuff on regular pen and paper, and then we would bring them in and type <laughs> them out, which that. was, seemed so <laughs> redundant, right. you know. But I remember the very first day that we went in there, uh, of course, the, the teacher had the projector and she wanted to show us all how to use the Macs. And it was pretty obvious how all that stuff worked, but she was extremely angry if anybody veered off the, the course and she did not want anybody going. She was, we were forbidden to go into the control panel and all this kind of stuff. Back then, I guess they didn't have any way to actually like lock, lock that kind of stuff out. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, um, I had to sit through this boring, like it was almost pretty much the whole class. And then we came back the next day where we were actually gonna start really working. So I start typing out my my uh, document, and uh, I'm just after a minute, you know, I'm just I sort of noticed I had like a little crowd formed around me, and I, I was so <laughs> focused on typing out my uh, book report uh, that That's I totally sounds like you as a kid, just in the zone, yeah, and like oblivious <laughs> to the day. <laughs> and at some point, I stopped typing, and I looked around, and there's like six kids standing behind me, and I'm like, what? What's the problem? And they're like. How did you learn to type that fast? Because they're all sitting around hunting and pecking yeah, for every yeah. new key. And it didn't even occur to me that other kids didn't know how to type. It's just something I guess I thought everybody knew, you know. And, of course, again, the whole irony there is that they wouldn't let me take the, the computer classes because I didn't know how to type. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I have another story about that, but I'll let somebody else go next. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell a story uh, from, from my childhood that's uh, around the same time, I think, as that. Um, and this is one of those situations where I got myself in trouble. And it was pr really pretty much because of boredom. You know, like, like I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say that I would finish my work for the computer class in like five minutes and then have nothing else to do. And so I was always just sitting there. And, and all we had in, in computer lab in high school um, was a free, they were DOS PCs, right? It was, this is beyond the Apple II. We were into the DOS stage. And so there wasn't much to do. You had a DOS disk in front of you, and you could write batch files, and that's not much, not, not much else, right? Yeah. And so I was always bored in that class and just wanted it to be over, which is ridiculous because I loved computers and couldn't wait to get away from them because of that class. And so I... Uh, I sat there one day and I was watching the teacher. I was sitting at my like little desk and the teacher's desk was where I could kind of see what she was doing. And I was watching her and she was typing this, she had this thing, it was like, I think it was called like make lesson plan or something like that, it was a batch file. And so, so let me let me kind of tell you how this this works. So every day you'd get to class and you'd the, the computer, the PC had a A drive and a B drive. And the lesson plan went in A drive and your work disk went into B drive. And you always use the same work disk. It contained your uh, work for the entire semester. Like everything that you did, you saved on that disk. And at the end of the day, she had like this packet of like, it was like a flip binder with a bunch of like a, a plastic sleeves in it where you put your mm -hmm. disk in before you left the day. You didn't ever, never took your disk home with you. And so, uh, but every day she had to make, like it was the same set of disks and she had to copy the lesson plan on all, I think there were like 30 computers in the class or something like that. So she had to copy 30 copies of the lesson plan for that day. 
And so I was sitting there, again, bored to tears, didn't have anything else to do. And I'm just kind of watching her, and I'm like, oh, she's she makes the lesson plan every day. I didn't realize. I just sort of thought that she had just like big boxes of right. discs, and every day was a different disc. But she actually makes the lesson plan every day. And so I was watching her, figured out how she did it. And so like the next day or a few days later, something like that, like I would always, uh, this is, uh, I'll tell you guys, if mom's listening to this, I'm sorry, mom, <laughs> I was not a delinquent, but I used to skip band all the time because we had this, it was the first period class and we had this teacher, his name was um, uh, John Parnell, I think his name was, and he never, like he refused to do roll, like like he would never call roll. So they never knew if you were in band or not. Like the only way you would know is if like they needed you for something specific and you weren't there. And so, but anyway, I skipped band all the time because of that. And, and it just so happens that my computer class was second period. And then there was no first period uh, computer class. So I snuck in, instead of going to band, I snuck into that teacher's room and I got that disc and I edited that batch file. And what it, basically what it did is it generated a new auto exec bat and then it copied um, like the lesson plan over. And then when you booted off that disc, it would just boot that lesson plan. So every plan. kid had a copy of that disc. Yes. And it would boot up the lesson plan for them and tell them what to do. And tell them what to do. Right. right. Uh, what could go wrong if yeah, you get a hold of wrong? that? Yeah. So anyway, so I, I edited the file right there at the computer's the teacher's desk. Like, right. I, I don't know how I got away with this, but she was nowhere to be found. And so what I did was I, like, you, you, each lesson, there was like four lessons that you had to go through every day. And like the batch file, as soon as you exited the first uh, like lesson, it would just load the second lesson off the disk. And so what I did is at the end of the third lesson, because I wanted this to like, I wanted it to be like quite a ways through class and not at the very beginning. I edited the batch file so that it would draw, basically drew a little smiley face, um, like out of like characters, like it's just like a box square smiley face. And it said um, something along the lines of, I'm about to make you so happy or something like that. And then I just issued a command that said, uh, you know, format B colon slash yes slash I think oh, label, no. label colon so happy or something like that, right? <laughs> um, I don't remember the exact the exact title. But anyway, I do remember I'm about to make you so happy in the smiley face. And so <laughs> it, <laughs> it was hilarious. Oh, man. And I'm telling you. So the kids start going through the lesson plan. And, you know, I'm like trying to, I know it's coming, I know it's coming. Oh, and the first thing I did, of course, was when I got mine, was edit my own auto exec bat to take that out of there, uh, which may have been part of the reason I got caught later. Right, oh, right. Have something to do with it. I'm not sure, but but uh, but yeah, so like a third of the way. For somebody super into programming and logic, there was a logic step there that was missed. Yeah, right? yeah. So like two thirds of the way through the class, you start hearing kids go, what, huh, what? <laughs> and so basically what was happening, they would exit out and they, it was formatting their, their work disk. So their entire work they had done all semester was getting, and there's no backups of this stuff, right? Right. Nobody did backups. <laughs> nobody then. did backups. You couldn't afford extra disks. <laughs> so yeah. So, so anyway, I wiped everybody's like disk and like some of the kids, I guess, stopped, you know, because they're like, there's other kids were way ahead or whatever. And the teacher was like, turn your computers off. <laughs> she was like, I tell everybody, turn your computers off. And so anyway. They uh, that happened, and I was trying so hard. I was like, I was like, don't don't laugh, don't smile, <laughs> you know, like, 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 gotta be, like, gotta be calm here. I didn't do this. Be be surprised, right? <laughs> so anyway, it was about. Uh, oh, and by the way, that was just second period, and apparently she thought somebody did that during that class. Well, so so third period, it happened again <laughs> to all those kids. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, like a couple hours later, I wound up in the principal's office, and um, I like acted like I I don't know what you're talking total about. Denial. Total denial, just deny everything. Yeah. I don't. I didn't it's have the first line of defense this. as a uh, teenager. Yeah, and so finally he like starts threatening me and stuff, and he gets it out of me that you know yeah I did indeed do this, and so he's like okay, well here's what's gonna happen, you and I are gonna walk back down there to that class right now, and you're gonna fix this, and what I didn't realize. <laughs> is the teacher had been trying for hours oh. to fix it and didn't know how. And I had She didn't know how to change the batch file so it wouldn't keep formatting everybody. Exactly. <laughs> so really they had to shut down that class for the whole day. For the at whole the day. Minimum. And all of those kids lost their work for the whole year because of me. <laughs> So did she just issue A's for everybody because their work was gone, or was it already recorded in a grade book? You know, back I, when grade books were a thing. I I, I assume that it, like they they got their grades for those already, like because those were from weeks ago, right. or whatever. But I they don't know. I don't really remember, but I do remember that I made an A in that class, and I guarantee you that that teacher, when she wrote that A in there at the end of the year, she was like that little. Psh. 
shit. Like, yeah. Giving him an A. Did you get, like, <laughs> detention or anything? Oh, yeah. That? I wound up with, like, two or three Saturday D-holes in a row. And those were, like, four hours. Oh, you hours, got off light. Four hours on a Saturday morning. <laughs> so I didn't realize that you were a monster. No, I was a monster. Had. Yeah. Yeah. But that was that was an example I never, of how I got myself in trouble. <laughs> I, I never did anything that extreme. So my friend Ash and I, you probably remember mm-hmm. Ash. I remember well, He yeah. was super computer literate. And I didn't, I didn't know him until... <clears throat> Early high school, late middle school. But we had uh, Mrs. Anderson. I guess I can say her name because nobody is going to know who that is. But um, she was our math teacher. And they decided that the math teachers were the ones who would know computers, right? Because math, computers, same thing. She started the – so I took this class. It was computer science is what it was called in high school. And maybe it was the same thing that you ran into because I remember having to take typing in – my freshman or sophomore year of high school, which I'm actually thankful for because I do, I can type fairly quickly now because of that class. So it served me for years, but maybe I had to take it in order to take the computer science. You could take business computing or whatever you took, Mm -hmm. something like that, or computer science and that taught programming in Pascal. And I loved programming. Like that was the part of computers I was most excited about. So anyway, she started the class saying, I don't know shit about, she didn't say that, but I don't know shit about computers. I know nothing. I'm a math teacher. I know math. They're making me teach this class. We'll just figure it out together. Which is really, you know, to... Um, this is being honest. Yeah, super honest. But we smelled fear in the waters, right? Like we're, we're like going for blood, Ash and I, because we know all of this stuff. Um, but I don't think we ever did anything quite that bad. But it was a similar sort of thing where we, we would finish our work immediately and then be bored. And boredom invents all kinds of nasty pranks. <laughs> so we, we would open up the mice because those that we were on Macintoshes by that time. And we'd open up the mice and throw the mice balls across oh the room gosh. and bounce them. I went to de- uh, detention because of that. And then um, one time she left the class while we were doing our work. And we got all the printing paper and blocked off the door by taping it to the door. So the door opened from the outside. <laughs> it would open towards her, and she would just see this wall, wall of paper. paper. <laughs> Nothing near as high-tech as what you did. But we, we did make some primitive games in Pascal um, because we had nothing else to do. Like that's, You know, it makes me think. I mean, I mean, I feel like, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like what they did to me in computer class. And again, you know, I don't know what, how it's like today. I'm sure there's other classes that, that were like this at the time too. But I feel like they really did me a disservice because rather than, they, they should have saw, hey, look, that kid can do that work in five minutes. Let's give him something else. Let's help him to, to, to foster. Let's foster that, you know, yeah, right? Exactly. But instead, they didn't want to. They wanted nothing to do with that. Like, there's some kid over there that is somehow different and he doesn't fit the mold. Just ignore him, you know? Yeah. And, and I just felt like that was a big-time disservice to me. Agreed. Well, it was tough back then because nobody knew this stuff, so they didn't know whether it was really going to take off. They yeah. didn't know. I mean, one of the things, I'm sure like you guys, you do a lot of tech support for your parents or your in-laws mm-hmm. or uncles or whatever, and my, my mother-in-law is constantly saying, well, I'm dumb when it comes to the phone, you know, the iPhone or the, my computer or whatever. And it's like, well, you're, just, you're not a digital native. I forget yeah. where that term got. Somebody yeah. coined that term, a digital native. We are the first generation of digital natives where we got exposed to this stuff early on. Our kids yeah. are completely immersed as digital natives. Oh, so yeah. They're I not afraid of any of it. Change. I think I've thought about this for years. I think that being exposed to that at an early age changed some pathways in my brain that make me perceive things differently than, say, my parents, who by, you know, by that time, by the time computers came out, their brains simply were not able to adapt as readily. Yeah, and I often wonder what's happening right now that's, that, that I know. that's affecting me that way that I don't realize exactly. yet, yeah. you know. But uh, so I want to tell you the story of how one of the very few times I got detention and it was over a computer-related issue. Because I was generally a good student, and, and, and you know, as far as, like, I didn't get into trouble, that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, so we had this, uh, in that same writing lab I was telling you about earlier, where you, we, we went in there several times a year to write, uh, <laughs> redundantly write the stuff we'd already mm-hmm. written on paper, which I thought was dumb. But anyway, so we went in there, and um, 
they had this rule at our school, and, and Craig, Mike, you'll probably both remember this, because we all, by the way, for those listening, we all went to the same high school. We uh, probably should have started with that. Like, <laughs> yeah. We all grew up in the same ta- hometown, and that's yeah. how we knew each other. And so they had this rule that you had to buy a disc from the school store, a floppy disc, mm-hmm. uh, for you to use in class. And then they had, like much like Mike said, there was a folder where they would keep your disc. You couldn't yeah. take it home. Couldn't take it home. Like that. Yeah. And uh, the discs at the school store cost $5. So I remember on uh, one of the very first days of Computer Lab, um, you know, the teacher told us, uh, you know, that we had to have go, you know, buy our disc. And uh, and I, I raised my hand and I asked a question. I says, well, look, I already have some discs at home. Can I just bring one? And uh, and she's like, no, no, no. We, we can't risk having discs from home. They might contain viruses. Now, being that these were Macintosh computers, not, you know, we're not, we're past the 8-bit era, right? right. That was a, a, a valid concern, yeah. right? So um, I, I told her that I said, well, um, uh, my computer, I think at the time I was still using a, uh, I think I was using a Commodore Amiga at the time. So I told her, I says, oh, well, my discs at home are formatted for the Amiga, so there won't be any compatible code on there. Um, you know, uh, uh, and she's like, well, no, it doesn't matter. It, it needs to be a brand new disc. And I said, <laughs> okay, well, um, can I just go up to Computer City? They Actually, at the time, it's kind of weird. Uh, most people might not remember this, but uh, the store we had called Computer City, they actually sold individual discs. You could buy a single floppy disk. It was like 69 cents or something like that. And um, actually, that's where the school got their uh, stupid <laughs> disk because it had the Computer City logo on the, 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 the disks <laughs> packs that they were, they, were, they were selling to people. So I said, well, look, I go to Computer City all the time. Can I just buy a brand new disk up there, bring it with the receipt, and show you it's brand new? Uh, and, and she says, no, no, I won't know for sure that's brand new. I said, okay, how about I buy a whole pack still in the shrink wrap, and I'll let you take one out, and then I'll use the rest at home because I need them all the time anyway. I just don't understand why I need to pay $5 for something. Man, you were an argumentative kid. Man, you know, you're just like, well, you should have I mean, been a lawyer. You missed your calling, man. I was, <laughs> you know... <laughs> I You're was, like pleading your case. <laughs> I was trying to find a way to, um, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Satisfy, Satisfy their, the, right. the requirements. The requirements, but not pay $5, which is a ripoff right. for a disc. Totally. And, and which would be more like 20 today, you know, right? Yeah, right, yeah, so. right. right. Inflation. Inflation, that would not be like, that we sound ridiculously <laughs> old at this point in the conversation. But. Yeah, like in today's money, that would be somebody saying, you got to buy something for $20 when you can buy it down in the store for like two or something right. like that, you know, or, or whatever. And <clears throat> so... Anyway, I was trying to satisfy their needs, and, and she just wouldn't have it. Just like, nope, you got to buy it from the school store. And uh, she and I asked her, like, well, why? You, if it's coming brand new in a pack, um, you, it, I mean, how could it possibly have a virus on it? And she says, well, they can come from the factory with viruses, which actually I think that did happen once it or did, twice. It did that happen. Was a really rare, <laughs> rare thing. So I, I've tried to make one last final plea. I said, okay, okay, tell you what. I'll give you, I'll bring the disc. I'll give it to you. You can take it immediately over to your computer, put it there, and initialize it. That way it'll erase any data on right. that disk, including any viruses, and then give it back to me, and then I will use it. That way, and she says, oh, well, that won't get rid of a virus. And I, I just I just couldn't help it at this point. I looked at the teacher. I said, ma'am, do you, do you even know what a computer virus is? And she got so angry when I said that. Of course, it was in front of the whole class. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, you you um, obviously insulted her. <laughs> and, but the reality is she didn't know what a computer yeah, virus right. was. She really didn't. It was okay. a spooky, mysterious right. thing. It was, it was magic. It yeah. was some yeah, kind of magical thing. She had no comprehension of how it actually worked. And she got very angry at me for saying that. And she sent me to the principal's office, and I got uh, had to go to detention for it. And I eventually had to pay $5 for a stupid <laughs> <laughs> disc at the school store. Oh, my um, gosh. But uh, yeah, I uh, I lost all respect for that uh, woman that year, and uh, I had to take that computer I mean, class several times. And probably the right thing for her to be to go look like all this computer stuff is new. Like my teacher did, she's like, I'm a math teacher, I don't know this stuff, and we actually, you know, practical jokes aside, like looking back, it was kind of like I kind of respect her for that, like just the honesty. And your teacher just didn't want to be looked at as dumb. Well, and she's like, if, she could have just said, look, David, I appreciate that you know this stuff. You probably know it a lot better than me. But this is the rules that yeah. the school has provided. And I can't judge whether, you know, the computer disk that you take from home will have a virus or not. You know, right? she, like, the exact, I've thought about that for years. She could have just said something like, I'm sorry, these are the rules that I'm required to follow. 
Uh, I have to cover my own, you know, right. ass. I guess she probably <laughs> would have said that. She probably um, could, didn't want to make but, exceptions for this student. That's right, right, like, right. oh well, I'll format mine also. You know, she, she could have just said, "Look, I don't. You know, if I'm the one that's going to be held liable if you know this whole lab becomes infected because they were networked, by the way. So you know, I would have probably had more respect for that answer than telling me lies or just. Uh, lies probably isn't right. She literally just didn't know. She was right. making stuff up yeah. to try to cover her own authority. But again, she she know. was not a digital native, so yeah. she didn't have that in like her, you know, her the DNA of her background the way we did. You know, we just we ate this stuff up from an early age, and and a lot of people our age weren't digital natives. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. You know that whole digital native thing for me is kind of interesting too because you know I. I used to see this kind of stuff all the time, you know, when I was when I was a kid. Uh, but even today, I, I still see it. Like, I'll give you an example. My, one of my relatives told me the other day, they got really mad. They said, oh, our Verizon uh, Fios, and they had, you know, symmetrical gigabit services. It was so terrible. It's the worst internet we've ever had. And we switched it out for um, Spectrum. Mm-hmm. And now they're at, like, you know, I don't know, 3 meg, 300 meg, you know, down and 10 meg. That's what I have, right? yeah. And it's like, and, and they think it's better. And the truth of the matter is they had some problem with something else, their Wi-Fi router or whatever. They just blame their internet, right? Because they don't really know how it works underneath, much like your teacher didn't know how that disk works underneath. Do you guys feel like it's getting better? Like, do, 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 do millennials and stuff know this stuff any better? I No, I, I don't mean, feel like they do. My, I have to help Haley with, uh, you know, my daughter with, with stuff with her computer all the time when it's anything out of the ordinary. Um, I will say, though, that... One thing that is better, uh, I can name a lot of things that are better. I, I did, I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. I did this whole thing talking about my time working at AST. And a lot of those customers calling in had never used a computer before. They didn't even know how to type on them. They didn't even know the basic function of click on this, move. Well, some of them did, but but a lot of them didn't. And um, I think that in that regard, like from a, a functionality of operating the overall operating system, I think way more people are knowledgeable about that. A lot more people know how to type. Uh, because people are typing all the time, even if it's on their smartphone, it is a QWERTY interface, yeah. and they're typing on it all the time. They kind of get where things the, are at to text message yeah. their friends. And and the one thing that I have noticed is, even though my daughter doesn't know a lot about computers, um, a big contrast between say her and my mom is that you can take Haley and put her in front of some website, like maybe you need to fill out some government form or something like that. Uh, she can just immediately say, oh, yeah, I need to put this here, this here, click, 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 next. She's never seen that form before in her life, but she immediately figures out how to use it. Put that in front of my mom, and she's like, I don't understand what to do here. You know, it, it, It's it, basic literacy. Yeah, it's yeah. And, and so I definitely see that people growing up uh, now have a certain amount of literacy and their brains are more able to understand user interfaces and stuff than I there's think. There's a there's generation. a term for that in user experience. I cannot remember what it's called, but it's where you um, you basically understand the design language of it. Like you intuitively, a human, you've seen that design. It may not be the same colors. It may not be laid out right. the same, but you understand the design language behind it, right? Right. So you know what where to click where and yeah, what's going to happen next and yeah. how drop downs work. And I stuff. would also like to point out though that that's not a. Um, I'm not trying to make fun of my mom. Uh, because <laughs> no, it's a generational uh, it's, thing. It is, and and I'll give you an interesting, interesting example of of uh, how we grow up with knowledge that's just we we make assumptions all the time just because we've we've grown up. So um, my daughter, of course, drives a uh, Chevy Volt. For those who don't know, it's a car that runs on electric most of the time, but has a gasoline backup. Well, and before that, she had a a, a pure electric car, and um, and anyway, she had to go get gas for the first time on her own <laughs> recently. And even though I had shown her like a year ago uh, how to pump gas in a car, she actually didn't remember. And she had trouble figuring out how to operate the gas pump. And she had to have one of her friends, and this is the irony behind that, her friend that doesn't even have a driver's license and doesn't even have a car knew how to pump the gas and operate the machine and, oh, and all that funny. because they've seen their parents do it over and over and over, and over, and over again. again. Where Haley never sees us buy gas because we, we all have electric Well, David, cars. this is obviously terrible parenting on your part. <laughs> yeah. that you had these but, kids grow up with electric you know, <laughs> cars that are you know good for the environment and stuff. So. But I, I'm just the, the, the point I'm making, of course, is that sometimes we have a lot of knowledge about things that we've just grown up with that seem yeah. natural to us but might not seem natural to somebody not. else. Yeah. Just like I guarantee you if you took me into a time machine 
and sent me back to like 1955 and told me to fill up my car with gas, I probably wouldn't have any idea how the pump works because I've seen these in like... Uh, gravity fed and yeah, all that kind like of stuff. Yeah, they've got all these weird contraptions on them because there's one I saw recently at a... a well, it wasn't a museum, but it was an old... Uh, uh, place where you eat, a whole restaurant had a had one of those yeah. in there as a like a museum piece display in there and I was looking at that thing and I'm like I don't know how this thing works you know <laughs> I, I honestly don't know if you sent me back in time if I would be able to fill up my car with gas without asking somebody how does this stuff work on this yeah on this pod? yeah that's because, a really that's a really you know. interesting take well let's let's switch gears for a minute and kind of back up the time uh, clock here just a minute and talk about what it was like to be a, a nerd or a geek in that time frame, not from a technology perspective so much, but from social how, perspective. Yeah, social perspective, how we were treated. And um, there were, you know, like some kids that, you know, they couldn't care, you know, either way, whether you were a geek or not. Um, I guess they yeah. really mostly called us nerds back then, right? But um, so, yeah, but there were some kids who, like, the second they found out that you liked computers or video games or any of that kind of stuff, they were you, like, immediately were the target for bullying mm -hmm. and being picked mm -hmm. on. Yeah. And I don't really know that I've ever wrapped my head around why that was the case because, I mean, it, it seems so bizarre thinking about it now. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I just wonder thoughts on that. Well, I, I think, sorry. Um, I don't remember too many instances of being specifically ostracized for understanding or being into technology, but <laughs> I had terrible social skills as a kid. So, <laughs> well, we, like, I think we probably all did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so maybe it was less what we were into, but the fact that I was I was shy, I was introverted, um, I took myself very seriously, I got offended easily. Um, as a kid, I mean, my parents remember saying they would take me to Walmart and some kid would be there and they'd be like, hi, Craig. It'd be somebody I went to class with and I would just wouldn't answer. My mom's like, why don't you say hi to him? I'm like, they're not my friend. Like, I so that assumed everybody hated because me. Because I, I did some of the same stuff in my younger, younger years, like pre, like pre high school, like junior high or, or elementary school. I wouldn't talk to anybody that I like if I saw somebody from school outside of school, I would not talk to them. Um, and I don't honestly, I don't know why. Now later, like yeah. in high school, I was not that way. And yeah, but by, by high school, I started kind of blossoming a little bit yeah. more socially and and things like that. But so, yeah, yeah, I do think that um, there's probably a Venn diagram uh, that you could draw of people who were into computers and people who had awkward social skills, and there's probably a big overlap, and that may be a lot of it. But I also think that, uh, you know, what, what are the things that are always glamorized uh, from a social standpoint? It's always athleticism or being right, yeah. like a really attractive girl, uh, things like that, or the things that, that, you know, being good at sports and stuff like that. That's the things that always made you cool. Um, you know, being able to program a computer was not considered cool, where being able to hit a home run on the baseball field would have been cool, uh, you know, so... I feel like I feel like Craig. So I think you're right. I mean, I think there's definitely an element to that. But I think also like being a, a computer or video game person, um, again nerd back then in that era was equivalent to being in the band or the chess club or yeah. you know like, right. like it was thought of that way. Like oh that's a that's a band nerd. You know right. Uh, that's a computer nerd. It was just thought of the same way. Yeah. Like you just weren't cool because you did that. Yeah, you were associated with yeah. all that. Well, and, and, and I see it today. We, we see it all the time. Intelligence is often, uh, in, when we look at the when we look at the news, when we look at uh, politics and whatnot, oftentimes intelligence is not a highly rated feature. Um, yeah, there was a certain yeah. political pundit that was referring to people as uh, poindexters or something like that, like a few years back. And I was just like, you're kind of, you're kind of insulting them because they're too book smart. You don't like that they're book smart and you're just a loud you know, political yeah. you know, commentary that's, person. That's an interesting point because I do feel like throughout the history of mankind, um, there has been a certain segment of the population that has shunned intelligence. Yeah, exactly. For whatever reason. Um, and, and maybe that's just a piece of that was, you know, yeah. coming out. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. There is, I'm going to say, I'm going to throw a number out there. I think it's about maybe 40 or 50% of the population is, um, well, I think that they're... Um, tread carefully, David. Yeah, tread, 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 tread carefully. <laughs> and that was the end of the podcast. Yes, because see David, you guys on the next episode. <laughs> I, I think that some people are intimidated by uh, intelligence, like because they they can maybe see, hey, this other person's smarter than me, 
and it makes me feel bad. So I'm just going to make fun of that person for being smart and pretend that that's something that I don't like, even though secretly they really wish they were more intelligent. You know, I don't know, and this is going way off of our, our topic, but it is really interesting because but I, I feel like uh, I think some people that are on that scale, um, they don't recognize intelligence, right? Um, you know, you and I both know some people that are um, – Unintelligent that believe they're the smartest people on the yes. planet, right? As Dunning Kruger, absolutely. Yes, and so um, I'm not sure that they even recognize it sometimes. Well, I think some of them do, some of them don't, and uh, or it may yeah. even be kind of subconscious. You know, yeah. they don't even they know something's different about you, but and they don't like it. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, could be. Um, well, um, so so David, I know you were. Um, Probably picked on a lot more than I was for whatever reason. I don't know. Because I was the shortest kid in school. Probably. <laughs> but uh, And that's not an exaggeration. I was the shortest boy in school until, I think, my sophomore year of high school. Okay. Well, so that sort of answers the question I was going to ask. But I was going to ask you, do you feel like that it was because you were a nerd that you were picked on? Or was it other things? And now you're saying maybe it's... It was a combination of things. It was a combination of me being an easy target. It was a combination of me being a nerd. So they had something to make fun of me of. Um, it was a common, you know, uh, there's a lot of things, I mean, that we could go into a whole podcast about, uh, the psychology of being bullied and whatnot that I've learned over the years. Um, but yeah, there were, there was a combination of things and, uh, yeah, being a computer nerd, uh, certainly didn't help my, uh, help my case any, uh, from a social standpoint, yeah. which I was totally baffled by at the time because I couldn't understand like, why don't other people find this interesting? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> why doesn't everybody have a Commodore at home? You know, why doesn't everybody have... Uh, you know, you had a neighbor that picked on you a lot. Does, did it have anything to do with being a nerd, or was it just was there something else there? Um, I had a number of bullies. Um, I don't know. I I think some of it was social skill. Some of it was they were athletic and I wasn't. Um, some of it they were just more aggressive. They were just aggressive kids. And if, probably if I had pushed back a lot more, I mean the one, the one time I really <clears throat> fought back uh, against a bully. He was picking on my brother, and I was like, "No, the line is drawn here. This father, no father. I may pick on yeah. on this one." And um, you know, so I went to his house and I hit him in the face uh, in his front yard, and that was, you know, pretty. I think he tried to bully me a couple more times, but that was pretty much it. Like he he left me alone for a long time after that. But uh, the the other thing I was thinking of this is like, so I had this. This poor combination, similar to you, David, like I was tall and skinny, I had acne, and I was into computers, but it was also into fantasy and science oh, yeah. fiction Dungeons and, and Dragons, Dungeons and, and, Dragons. Oh, yeah. and a lot of that was considered in our small town, that was considered satanic. Yes. Uh, there was the big 80, 1980s scare about Dungeons and Dragons, and you know Richard Garriott of the Ultima mm-hmm. series wrote a lot about that. That's kind of why he did Ultima 4, um, was to kind of make it nice and you know add these this concept of virtues and stuff but the previous ultimate game had like a demon on it Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of that as well i think just the stink (laughs) i guess of fantasy and sci-fi we did have a couple of kids um in our town i can't remember their names but they were actually in mansfield that Mm -hmm. murdered um one of their mm. friends or something, and claimed that it, they were playing Dungeons Dra- and Dragons is why they did it. Right. And I think that's where the big scare in our little little podunk town, you know, came from. Um, but, of course, I don't believe that for a No, no, and it actually yeah, came yeah. out years later that it had nothing to do with it whatsoever, but that yeah. was the excuse that, I mean, right. the parents needed something to blame it on because right. they couldn't blame and it, it on their It kids. was so laughingly ridiculous, like, because, yeah. like, it's a bunch of beta males, you know, back then at least, where they were playing yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, a bunch of nerdy little guys that didn't have any violent impulse in, you know, in their psychology at all. Like, they just wouldn't hurt a fly. They were very, a lot of us were very timid, shy sure. kind of kids. So, but yeah, it's, it's put all that together, you know. It's, yeah. And it's hard to say, like, well, did I gravitate towards these non-athletic, kind of socially ostracized hobbies like comic books and D&D and computers because I was already socially awkward or was it because I was a little smarter or and that's where the other socially so, awkward kids or man, did that make me you, socially you awkward? You totally beat me there because that's what I was just about to ask. I wanted to know is were you a nerd because of computers or were you or did computers make you a nerd? <laughs> like which which way did it yeah. go? I was exposed to them so young. I'm not sure I could even answer that question because I, I don't I don't rem- I don't know how I would have turned out 
for sure without exposure to computers. I would have been exposed to them eventually at some point. I would like to circle back, though, to one thing. You know, uh, all of us, I believe, were into, um, you know, modems and calling VBSs and, and things like that. And there was like this whole other world that we experienced oh, when we man, got home. Oh, for sure. And yeah. the closest analogy I could use today is imagine that there's a group of people that, like, live, like going to school with you, for example, that does not know that there's this thing. Or maybe they've heard there's this thing called the Internet, but they've never actually used it. And... Uh, right. And so that's kind of how we were, only we were in the minority. We had this network of other people we were talking to all the time. Uh, we, we had with, the same interests. Yeah. We were just like us. And yeah. we were playing little games online. We were uh, copying Leaving messages games. for each other. Uh, you know, we would even download files like the uh, te- teaching you how to do various hacking and, <laughs> and things like that. I remember Absolutely. There was that, what was that uh, thing you called? Something, something Guide? Uh, Anarchist guy, yeah, yeah, anarchist cook, cookbook, cook, 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 yeah. you know, things like that that you could download from EBSs that t- tell you how all the phone systems and all these kinds of things work. The other kids at school were totally oblivious to this. Uh, they were, uh, you know, and, and they could simply not see, and you couldn't even explain to them. I mean, you'd have to sit them down for hours to explain to them this whole other universe that you were part of. Yeah, those poor and, saps were running around driving cars with girls and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, getting dates. Yeah. yeah. But you know, David, that is that is fantastic. It's almost like more like the comparison to the Matrix, right? Like, like yeah. you went home every night and got on the Matrix yeah. and uh, and and had this whole whole different life and and it's true because um, you know, in fact, there were many times where I would stay up till two, three, four in the morning sometimes, barely could get out of bed the next day to go to school because I had been up all night long on BBSs, mm-hmm. chatting with other people or downloading files or reading things like the Anarchist Cookbook and, and things like that, which, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a it was like I had two lives for, for many, many of those years. It, it's occurred to me that, you know, we mentioned like fantasy books and staying up on BBSs. Maybe we were just too sleep deprived to socially interact with <laughs> yeah. other people because we were up till three in the morning all the time. Oh, like all you time. and I did it many times. Like every all game time. and stuff was like, yeah, it was an I, um, I have to tell you again, Mom. I'm sorry for listening to this. I was not a terrible kid. I promise. But I mean, there were many times where I stayed up as late as I like. I couldn't like keep my eye open any longer and would finally go to sleep. Um, sometimes laying at my computer, sometimes in bed, you know, it just depends. But but then what I would wind up doing is sleeping in class the next day at school because I, I was trying to catch oh, up on sleep. Yeah, many yeah. times. How can I understand? <laughs> I think we probably went yeah. up. So yeah. <laughs> I was just about to we say. We went a we full are, hour. We, uh, we went a full hour and our target was 40 minutes, but that's okay. That was an interesting conversation. Um, and so uh, we're, again, this is all unscripted, so we'll, we'll just see where it goes in the future. But I um, think that will wrap it up for this episode. Uh, we have uh, many more coming on a whole bunch of topics we've already got planned out. I'm not sure what the cadence will actually be, but we will see you guys in the next podcast. Thank <laughs> you.